Howdy, everybody. What's happening? Should we talk some Star Wars some more? I kind of want to, just to start this thing off. We are, uh, as you're listening to this, you we are technically nine days away from The Rise of Skywalker um, coming out in theaters. Uh, for those of us going to opening night, like Dennis from Ohio and myself, it's eight days, but... Uh, starting to get excited. Also, I'm um, incredibly scared because I'm letting the hype get to me. I'm letting the negative Nancys get to me. And now I'm all nervous on the quality of film that we're going to get. On the other side of things, nobody's complaining about the Mandalorian series. You know why? Because it's freaking great. You got a baby Yoda, steals the show. Um, I would love to adopt baby Yoda like now welcome to the common ground football podcast here are your hosts brian mclaughlin and andrew guzman common ground football podcast episode 81 week 14 is done week 15 is here Time just keeps rolling right along. Before we know it, we'll be in the playoffs. Then February will get here, and it'll be Super Bowl time. Then the season will be over. And then we'll be into draft time, and then the off season will be here. And then we'll do this whole thing all over again. Uh, Brian McLaughlin here, the Seahawks fan. My buddy Andrew, the Dallas Cowboys fan of the show, still out. Uh, hopefully, we'll get him back uh, in the very near future. Um, I did watch the Cowboys games. The Cowboys game, excuse me. And I do have a couple of things I want to get at, but um, this, of course, with me will be a little more Seahawks heavy, but uh, I do apologize for that. Um, Also, the Cowboys suck, so there's that. Uh, What are we going to do today? We're going to do the usual. So um, we're going to go week 14. Dallas loses to the Bears. Seahawks. Lose to the Rams. We're going to go over both of those games real quick. Uh, jump into a couple of NFL news stories. Dennis from Ohio has his question of the week or topic of the week or discussion of the week or whatever we want to call it. And, uh, and then we got uh, a little week 15 preview. Rams um, are going to go to Dallas to play the Cowboys. Seahawks going to Carolina to play the Panthers. And uh, both games are pretty damn important to both teams. So we'll go over why that is. Because uh, I do have an updated playoff picture for the NFL, both NFC and AFC. So, and then of course I'll pick some winners, and uh, including the Seahawks game and of course the Dallas game. But I always pick Dallas to lose, so that's not too bad, not too hard anyway. Um, yeah, hopefully it'll be a good episode. I, I really hope so. Thanks for everybody for sticking around. Thanks for uh, whoever that was just chimed in. <laughs> I think that was my buddy mute that no more of those um let's just jump right into it and uh talk about week 14 starting with the dallas cowboys who man their slide just keeps going i mean they they uh they've now lost seven of ten since that three and oh start and has not been good so um part of me the uh the guy that hates the dallas cowboys just wants to giggle and laugh but for this show that's not right um i'm supposed to be finding common ground and 
and similarities and and whatnot but um i still i don't mind watching the cowboys lose however this was a game that the cowboys honestly they should have won the bears aren't that great although i'll tell you what uh even though it's too late for them they definitely seem to be um hitting their stride looking a little bit better um not struggling as much trubisky in that in this game against the cowboys i think he finally played like they always envision him playing and what he's supposed to look like as an nfl quarterback uh i don't know if you're going to see that week in and week out but if if that's the trubisky that you you end up with then you're okay if you're chicago uh if he goes right back to being the trubisky that we have seen week after week which has been a complete disaster uh then the bears will just go right back to wishing that they had drafted Mahomes. so but for right now in this game, and I will admit, I watched it. Uh, it was Thursday night football, so of course there was nothing else on, nothing else to watch. And being that uh, I have this podcast, I definitely had to, to tune in and check it out. The way it started with Dallas running, you know, their butts right down the field and actually scoring a touchdown offensively, they looked really good on that first drive. Ate up a bunch of clock and went down and scored. And all of a sudden, you're thinking, all right, well, maybe they they uh, they got something figured out here and um you know we're, we're gonna see them turn this around and, and beat a bears team that they should beat and then that very next as soon as the the bears got the ball um you saw an amazing um interception uh just freaking was who was it jordan lewis uh right by the pile on as they went down the field and dragging that left foot and they initially weren't sure if it was an interception and of course they uh um didn't rule it that way they ruled it out of bounds and they overturned that by uh, replay review and it was a hell of an interception great catch great toe drag i mean it was just fantastic so you're thinking all right well here they go there i mean this is this is starting out exactly how they how they want it to start out right this is this is what we're looking for if we're a cowboys fan and then it was all bears uh after that it just it it the cowboys never could get it together they could never do anything else until you know towards the end they did have some garbage time you know stats piling up prescott was 27 of 49 for 334 yards and a touchdown but all i mean those are all truly those are empty stats the the touchdown on the first drive was a run in by by zeke um i mean prescott i mean dak's got great stats but a lot of them in in these lot in these losses, they're they're at the end of games. They're they're in garbage time as they're just trying to make, uh, you know, take that last little effort to try and win it when they really have no shot. So, um, it just wasn't good. It was you know in in the the Dallas fans that I follow online, on Twitter, most of them were were saying that this was you know basically the Bills game all over again. It's the exact same thing. Start out promising and then take a dive and uh and so you know and the bummer thing with dallas is they 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 man they've got all the pieces there they have it there the offensive line is still decent um the tech is having a fantastic season you have you have zeke we talked about this last week and the week before that you you've got the pieces there and for some reason whether it's uh the the, the coaching staff if it's if it's uh you know the play calling whatever it is it's not it's not meshing together it's not working and i I don't 
I don't know how what, how they fixed that except for to to go back to doing what they were doing, I guess, in in the first three weeks. But maybe the, the you know their opponents have have figured that stuff out, and they just can't they can't do that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, unfortunately, because of the Dallas Cowboys, the story just becomes all about coaching. It becomes about what does Jerry say after the game? Jerry, you know, what's he going to say about Garrett? What's he going to say about the whole coaching staff? You know, or what's what are they going to do about Maher? What are they going to? It's it just this whole this whole thing of of instead of almost how I how I say this instead of breaking down what's truly going on your your focus is all on well you know Jerry's got to fire Garrett this is this isn't working and, and you're going well I mean yeah your division sucks but you, you're still you're still leading it you're still you know heading for the playoffs if everything goes right I don't think you can make a coaching change right now. Even though I agree that Garrett's probably not the right guy for the job, you can't you can't do it right now. That that's just not going to work. That's like firing Pete Carroll in his first season with three games left when at seven and nine they were they won the division. You know, so or first or second season that was his second season. Anyway, you don't you didn't fire him. You just you can't do that. I think that you're if you were going to do it, it needed to happen earlier in the season. You've got three games left. And again, you're you're knocking on the door of the playoffs because your division is absolute garbage. So you you can't you can't do that. So, but that whole week and the next day, and then Jerry's interview with 105.3 The Fan, like there, this he went off on on the questions and and got all pissy and and he's just he's not having a good time. That's for sure. Uh, I don't. We all know what my opinion is. My opinion is Jerry is too involved. He's an he's the only owner in sports that, or in in the NFL that has you know talks after the games. You know Monday morning he's talking. And he's the only owner that does that. Half the time I guarantee you, you don't even know what the owners of these teams look like. You know unless you're the fan of them. You know when Paul Allen was still alive, did you he ever talk to the media? No. He left that for his general manager, for his coach, his players. Jerry's constant need to be in front of a microphone. I mean, I get it. It's his toy. It's his thing. But still, man, that's that's what you hire an actual general manager for. And and the thing is, like, they they fire Garrett, which they're going to do at the end of this, unless for some crazy reason they win a Super Bowl. Um, whatever coach goes in there better have the understanding that they don't get to call any shots. Jerry Jones can come down out of the freaking booth and overrule you at any single time he wants and and you so you don't have the control and i think that's going to be a a turnoff i mean i understand it's the dallas cowboys and there'll be some money but i bet you that's a turnoff for a lot of coaching candidates someone will warn them and say hey listen you don't you don't get the you don't get the control you're you're the coach that's great and all but man there's a there's a higher voice that butts his head in all the time and i don't think i don't i gotta believe that head coaches don't want that they don't you know a general manager is one thing if you got Carroll's got John Schneider and they're they're a team. They work together on that kind of stuff. But when it comes to game day, it's Pete Carroll. Schneider doesn't come down and say, Hey, I think you should start this guy. Maybe he does, but I don't that's not what I envision. I envision him letting Pete Carroll make, you know, make the calls. So I could be hundred percent wrong there. But I know I'm not wrong about Jerry. Nobody is more involved in their team than him, and it actually hurts him. It's not a good thing. So Cowboys fans can blow me up all they want, but that is as an outsider looking in the rest of America that looks at the Dallas Cowboys and, and 
all the time because they're always in our face. That's obvious. Jerry Jones needs to calm it down. So, um, <laughs> more notes here real quick. Uh, Zeke, 81 yards, his fifth straight game with under 100 um, I like I said last week, he's he's got to be a key to that offense, and he's not. And I don't know what they're doing. I don't I don't know if you can just throw it up to first year offensive coordinator jitters from from Kellen Moore or what. But it's something is not working right there for sure. And we'll talk about uh, this in a little bit because they did do something, but Maher continued to struggle, and uh, at the end of the game his stat line sat at 20 for 30 on field goals for the season. He was one for two with, in this game. And those 10 misses are more than any other, any other NFL kicker um, has had in a season the past four years. So he's not been great, not been great. And the Cowboys got to get healthy. That's another thing. Um, Leighton Vander my boy, Leighton Vander being out again. Um, that's not great. Um, Heath, their safety was out with a shoulder injury. Um, yeah. Well, I will talk about the the Rams game that they have to play here this next week, this this upcoming week. Um, but that's not going to be easy. Not going to be easy at all. So, so Cowboys lose thirty one twenty four to Da Bears. Drop to six and seven. Uh, but somehow magically still lead the division. Ain't that some shit? God, the NFC East is bad. Um, all right. <clears throat> do I have to talk about the Seahawks? <laughs> uh, do I? Um, yeah. What can you say about what we just witnessed on Sunday Night Football? Um, well, it it wasn't a, uh, well, let's start with this. I said in last week's episode, I was, you know, debating on who I was going to root for in the San Francisco, New Orleans game. And by the time now, before, by the time I hit Friday, actually, and I, I jumped on the uh, Don West show here in Wenatchee, Washington on 560 KPQ. Uh, also available on TuneIn Radio anytime you want to listen to his uh, local sports show. Um, it's a fun show. I, by the time I went on his show, I had made up my mind on who I was going to root for, and that was New Orleans. And, of course, there's plenty of Seattle sports media members who were like, oh, my God. You know, basically any of us out there that were like, well, we're rooting for New Orleans just called us stupid because why would you do that? You want the number one seed. You should be rooting for the Niners, blah, 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 blah. And I, I look at that as just ridiculous. Uh, the Niners are a division rival, and they're the one that you're fighting for for the division. And last time I checked, Pete Carroll said it a bunch of times, and all the time he's been a coach, Russell says it. I mean, their, their number one goal is to win the division. That's first. Everything else comes after that, but that's your first goal. Win the division. It's not even it's not even get in the playoffs. It's just win the division. That gets you in. That's better than a wild card. And this whole thing of well, San Francisco, if you root for them, it bumps New Orleans and and then all you gotta do is win your game. Well, there's no guarantee you're gonna win your, your game. And in fact, Seattle went out and just they did not only did they not win, they got destroyed. They looked awful. 
So of course, without knowing what that result's going to be, and I look at it as, well, I want the division first, and then I will worry about what seed I get. Because even if the the whole thing ends, and you're a number two seed because you can't you can't get New Orleans out of the of the one seed, fine. You still get a first round bye, and you're guaranteed your first game is going to be at home. Tell me what part of that sucks. I'm fine with it. Number one seed is great, but come on. It's not everything. I'm not rooting for San Francisco unless it absolutely affects the division for somehow, like some reason, like if they win because they're playing, you know, this is a different season, but let's say they're playing a different division rival that would bump them. That's different. This is the team we're actually like battling for the division. It's us and the Niners. I say us as in the Seahawks because I'm not on that team. But, God. So we'll start there because that game was first. It happened. San Francisco, it was a crazy game. Crazy game. You thought New Orleans had it. They left about a minute on the clock. San Francisco rolls down there and they get a a game-winning field goal um, after a ridiculous uh george kittle run i'm sure you know pass and catch and run just for it was insane so so niners win so then you're going into the seattle game that night going well all of a sudden now because and this is what i don't get all of a sudden now that game is a must win because the niners won so it's a must win and this narrative changes with the game ends too and it just doesn't make any sense to me so it becomes a must win because if you lose San Francisco takes over the division again. You're now you're bumped right back down to the five seed as the wild card, which is fine, I guess. You're still, you know, looking towards the playoffs, but you haven't clinched anything yet. Haven't clinched a berth at all. So you're still sitting there, one, you know, nothing for sure. And now you're trailing the division again when you had it. And you would have kept it had you won. So now you put all this pressure on yourself because now you got to win. Now you have to win out. Because if you look at San Francisco's schedule and, and the, the, the chances of them losing or New Orleans losing, those are pretty much gone. So now all of a sudden you've got to win out, which includes your game against San Francisco, which of course, like I've said with Dennis from Ohio, that would be so much fun if that game ends up being win and you get the division, lose, and you get the wild card. That would be amazing. But it, it's it's not. You could have avoided it. <laughs> like I, I mean, I'm all for that being fun and all that great stuff. But come on, like I, the Seahawks are this this whole thing of like, let's not make anything easy. It's not just for their games. It's for this entire season. Let's not take the easy route for anything. Let's not make. Let's not blow out any team. Let's not make any win pretty. Let's not make any win easy. Let's make the whole season a nail biter. That whole mentality drives me freaking crazy. And I know they're not doing it necessarily on purpose, but the game against the Rams had, I'm fine with the loss. Like if you're going to lose, you're going to lose. I picked that game on the schedule. When the schedules first came out, I picked it as a loss because it was in LA and I was basing it on the fact that we were going to see the Rams team from the previous season which was crazy that team was great but so far this season up until they played Arizona we hadn't really seen that I mean yeah we barely beat them on our first game they've a missed field goal they would have won it had he made it 
So not like we blew them out the first game, but you still hadn't seen you hadn't seen the 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 last year's girly. You hadn't you know Goff is still Jared Goff. <laughs> And then all of a sudden they destroy Arizona, and that's where I started getting nervous for this game. Going, man, they better uh, they better prepare for this correctly. And then they go down there and they don't. That's what it comes down to. They don't. And now all of a sudden you are stuck in a position where you have to win. Have to win. Let's get my thoughts on the game because now I'm just getting ahead of myself. So let's go right into it. Awesome. Uh, Diggs, Quandre Diggs. Let me tell you something. Uh, this guy. It easily was the only bright spot in that entire game because there was no other bright spot. None. Uh, but he, not only in this game here, but in since he came aboard, since, since they got him, he has been a difference maker on that defense. Two interceptions in this game. A pick six was one of them, and it was a beautiful pick six. One of the classic, like, Goff might as well have just been throwing the ball right to him like he was a receiver. Untouched pick six. It's gorgeous. And then on the very next series, <laughs> he uh, Goff launched one, and Diggs came up over the top. It was like it was thrown to him again. So, but it, this isn't the first game we've seen Diggs just, I mean, the guy has definitely made a difference on the defense, at least in the secondary. The secondary looks... When they're playing correctly, the secondary looks good. Now, they the scheme in this game that they had going was stupid, but uh, I give Diggs credit. That guy has been fantastic. I love him <laughs> on this team, and uh, what a, you, you got to give John Schneider a round of applause for going out and getting him because that was it, it's been a fantastic move. Uh, but that was your only awesome in the entire game, the only one. Bummer. I could go so many different directions with this. Oh, man. I could give it to the coaches for not preparing their players for this game correctly. I could give it to uh, Russell Wilson, who has not been playing well. I could give it to um, really and honestly anybody and everybody besides Quandry Diggs. <laughs> Uh, you know what I'm going to go with though, because it's actually been incredibly disappointing. Is is the wide receivers that that group? Um, I know we don't have a bunch of household names. Uh, we actually don't have a great receiving core outside of Tyler Lockett and a still growing and learning DK Metcalf. And for some reason, um, the the whether it be the reads on the play or whatever's happening, but they seem to be targeting everyone but those two <laughs> or DK will drop it. Tyler Lockett's been invisible and I get it. He, he got hurt in San Francisco, but then he had a bye week and he's had time to heal. And then he had the flu. I get it. That part, that sucks, but no, he's been absent. He's been, I mean, gone and yeah, they're not calling a lot of, he made some comments and I'll, I'll get to those in a second, but still, He's your number one, and you're not targeting him. Stupid. And DK, uh, the guy was open more than once across the middle, and Russell wouldn't hit him. Russell was making dumb decisions. But the thing is, is even if you don't have a a stellar cast of of wide receivers, 
Um, and we're forgetting Josh Gordon. You remember Josh Gordon's on this team, right? Like they 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 grabbed him off of waivers, and and he's crazy good, talented receiver. Where's he been? If Lockett's not gonna, if Lockett's gonna be hurt and be out and not as good, target Gordon. But anyway, their whole job, no matter what their name is, if their position is a wide receiver. I'm pretty sure that their job is to catch the ball. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that their one job above everything else is to catch the ball. Yeah, they don't, they aren't doing that. <laughs> These last couple games have been uh, David Moore outside of his ridiculous, you know, the, the blown coverage touchdown last week. The guy can't catch a ball thrown right to him. Malik Turner, you know, he's had some highlights this season, but he can't catch the ball. Chris Carson, you know, he's had his fumble problems when they throw to him as a receiver. Yeah, I understand he's a running back, but he's a, a good weapon as a running back who can also go out and get, make a catch. And every catch, they, every ball they throw him, I feel like he's got to juggle first. That's scary. Um, Penny, we'll talk about him in a minute. Hollister, who was the stud for Russell Wilson when Disley went down, he's been bad the last couple weeks, has not been good. He's missed catches. Um, DK, I mean, the ball, he was the, he was the best receiver in that game. And he still, he, he, you know, he, uh, he was the only bright spot. The only one caught all six of his targets. Lock it. Four out of six. Gordon, two out of five. Not all those are his fault. Russell had a bad day. But there's dropsies. There's some stuff happening there. And when that's your job is to catch the ball, I don't care if you're not uh, elite at the position. Your job is to still catch the ball. As a quarterback, If you, your job is to throw the ball. I, I just they, they are definitely my bummer. My honorable mention, though, is also a bummer and that's russell wilson now i know i know that i i uh several weeks ago i came on this podcast and i you know admitted i was wrong and that russell wilson is better than i give him credit for and blah 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 he was also incredibly uh um well he was on a hot streak at that point (laughs) Now, I'm not going to take back what I said. Not at all. He's still Russell freaking Wilson. He's still an elite quarterback in this league. However, since the bye week, something's not right. He hasn't been the same. He went from uh, basically being unbelievable to being meh. In this game, he was meh. 22 of 36, 245, no touchdowns, one interception. He's thrown an interception now. He started off with, it took him forever to throw his first one, right? And then in the San Francisco game, which was before the bye week, he threw an interception. And he's thrown one in the last four games. So San Francisco was the first one, and then the last three. So four games in a row, he's thrown an interception after only having one the whole rest of the season. I, it's just, I don't know. Something is not right there. He looks off. The ball 
and and people said they saw it like <clears throat> saw him excuse me saw him on the sidelines he's the only one in six degree weather wearing a like wearing a jacket and coughing and maybe he caught the flu bug but he he claims he's fine and i don't know i don't know what it is but i but i can tell you that it's it's not um he hasn't been right and it's not just him it's the offense as a whole since the bye week all of a sudden they've decided that they want to be do completely different of what they they were doing that was working so uh if you don't follow hawk blogger uh, go to hawkblogger.com. It's a great group of guys that that um, have some good podcasts, and they also um, they they do some writing. And this guy, his name's Derek. This is his first um, first article with um, with Hawk Blogger, and and I will share this on our Twitter. Uh, I'm not going to read it because it's incredibly long, and it's a statistical view of the offensive downturn because that's what we've seen. But um, he makes some good points. I mean, we, we look at how big the loss was and in, in just the fact that, that it was only the sixth time in Russell Wilson's career the offense has failed to score a touchdown. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. And, and he says the lackluster performance is a troubling trend of this offense not being good enough. And he lays it out perfectly. You have a, you have a team that's not Pete Carroll's ideal team, doesn't have a strong defense, and doesn't have a you know uh, uh, a crazy amazing run game. I mean Carson has his moments, but you don't have the really really good run game. So what does that mean? That means your offense has to be ridiculously good to win games, and and it hasn't been lately, right? It it all if you can trace it all back to the bye week, you know they they win that crazy good game in San Francisco that obviously could have gone either way but they still won it and then they go on the bye and then they come back out and yeah, they won some games and they scored some points and all that good stuff. But offense as a whole, when you look at stats, um, not great, not great. Tyler Lockett has something to do with that. I'm sure not being able to use your, your, your number one receiver. But again, he even said these comments that the Tyler Lockett said are crazy. Look at this. So he, um, they asked him, you know, <clears throat> what's going on? Um, you, you're not getting targeted as much. And when according to the Rams game, he said they had a great game plan on us, lots of pressure. Um, and he said, I just think we're running the ball more lately, so we haven't been as focused on as much on trying to like air raid the ball like we did earlier in the season. We haven't been running plays to be explosive. We've been running plays to run the ball and control the clock. We haven't really been trying to go over the top like we normally have because teams have been game planning that. Well, that's fine if 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 you're going into a game and, and you're being and the other team is game planning to try and take that away. But at the same time, it's Russell freaking Wilson with Tyler Lockett, a duo that is pretty damn good. And if you trust your quarterback and trust your receiver. You don't abandon that completely just because they're throwing two safeties back there to try to take it away. Scheme better. McVay guy came into that game and was and had a game plan that was full of tricks. Not necessarily tricks, but creative stuff. That's the right word. Creative things. And you got Brian Schottenheimer over here who's run, run, pass. Run, run, pass. 
You want to know why Russell Wilson was sacked five times for 43 yards? It's because the offensive line had a terrible game. That's true. However, however, they knew on third down what you were going to do. You're going to throw the ball. You had no option to do anything else because you kept putting yourself in third down situations because your run game couldn't do it. You weren't throwing on first down. You went back to being that shitty offense that we saw when you weren't good. Why? I don't understand it. It's been driving me crazy since watching that game Sunday night. Because it all came out. It all came back to bite him in the ass. So go read that Hawk blogger. Like I said, I'll share it because it's a really good article. It's full of numbers. And if you don't like that, don't read it. But <laughs> but it just flat out shows you how in in actual stats. And it brings up that third down thing. How they keep putting themselves in third down situations that are force you to throw. The team knows you're the the defense knows you're going to throw. They're going to blitz you. And what do they do? They come straight through that crappy offensive line and nail them. And the play call isn't a quick pass, although he doesn't have any any time to throw it anyway. At all. This is the craziest thing. This is the craziest out of that whole thing. This shows you how bad the offensive line has been and not been helping. Uh, the Seahawks, the amount of time a line holds up to two and a half seconds, their offensive line is the worst at giving up sacks in less than two and a half seconds. The worst. That's not good. (laughs) That's not, not good. Not at all what you want. And yet that's what you're getting. So I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. So what else went wrong in that game? Well, everything. <laughs> but I want to narrow it down to a couple of things, and then we'll move on, because I know I don't want to hark, you know, just make this a whole podcast about me bitching, even though I'm very frustrated and very upset. Um, <clears throat> several of these we've already talked about. So one, the pass rush wasn't there and hasn't consistently been there all season. Why is that? So Ziggy wasn't, uh, didn't play in this game. He still got that stinger in the neck. Totally get it. They wanted to keep him out. He practiced, but they just weren't ready for him to, to come back. Totally fine. But you still have Javian Clown. You still have Jaron Reed. You still have this defensive line that has shown in, in several games. They've shown life, but not consistently. Not over the whole season. Goff wasn't, Goff wasn't sacked once. Right? So right there, the only time you got even pressure on him were his interceptions. And that shows you what you should be doing, getting pressure on him. But they couldn't. And it's mind-boggling to me that with the, the names that are on that defensive line, that they can't get it home better than what they're doing, which is, in like in this game, non-existent. And if you look at their losses, there was no pass rush. If you look at the games that were super close that were high scoring from both teams there wasn't a lot of pass rush and i i got to assume that drives pete carroll crazy because that goes right into the kind of team that he wants which when it comes to defensively he's all about getting pressure to the quarterback because what does that do that makes the quarterback make, make dumb mistakes gets you the takeaways it's amazing i mean their 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 turnover ratio is is a positive right now really positive it's great but it could be so much better 
And in this game, they showed Goff is only good when he has a free pocket, and he had all day to throw. And again, they schemed great. They had a fantastic game plan. The Seahawks, bleh. Speaking of which, number two, the defensive scheme is stupid. It makes zero sense. I know I'm not a freaking NFL coach. I know I don't understand everything about the NFL, about football in general. I don't. I get that. Don't care. I've learned. I've done this podcast now for. Uh, we're coming up on on year two, and I've I've been a fan of football since what 2004, and I've studied my ass off trying to learn it since then. So I do know some stuff. I do know that all week, when they talked about uh, you know what kind of defense you have to play against the Rams, I heard it more than once. You have to play a nickel defense. Heard it all over the place. Read it in articles. Then all of a sudden, Kendricks is going to be out, and you're like, well, that's okay because that allows that means they're going to have to play more nickel defense, which the experts, these are people that know what they're talking about. The experts said that's fine because that means that you have to play the nickel, which is the better defense to play against this Ram team that's right now, even the one that just blew out the, the, the uh, Cardinals. The better defense to play against them is the nickel. So you're thinking, all right, well, that's what they're going to do. Hell no. They came out and they played a base defense zone all over the place, and they looked like shit. Goff had all day to throw. So first, he doesn't have a, you don't have a pass rush, and then you're playing this base defense. So every time, every throw he made, it felt like it was you knew almost knew it was going to be a catch. He only had nine incompletions. He was 22 of 31, 293, two touchdowns. I mean, it was just, and there wasn't a guy within, I mean, there were wide open receivers. There wasn't a guy anywhere close to him. It was just easy catches, and they were all playing back just like, oh, we'll just keep everything underneath us. It'll be fine. We'll do the the bend but don't break shit. No. (laughs) Play man to man. (laughs) Like, make him challenge the receivers this whole leaving the middle of the field open shit doesn't work and it doesn't make any sense it's like they're trying to be so cute and be like well everyone's saying we should play it this way so what we're going to do is we're going to do the opposite of that because you know how good we'll look if it works well we just want to be rebels we just want to do everything different than what they think we should do that's what this whole entire season feels like even at 10 and three with the playoffs right there and and the probability of making it in are pretty damn good. And you're like, all right, I'm feeling pretty good. It doesn't matter. This whole entire season is feels like, well, they say we shouldn't do this. So we're going to do it because if it works, look how cool we look for being rebels. No, (laughs) don't the, the point is to win the damn football game. I put it on Twitter all the time. Hashtag play to win the damn game. That's what you need to be doing. Number three, the offensive line is back to being awful and can't protect Russell. Already talked about it. Five sacks. Lost 43 yards in those sacks. The guy had no time whatsoever. And it was all on third down. If it was a third and a third, anything more than like a third and three, you knew it was coming. And they didn't worry about it because they knew they could get right through. Russell was not going to have any time. It, it wouldn't have mattered if they'd have called some sort of quick pass play. Wouldn't have mattered. Wouldn't have mattered. Which I don't understand again in those situations. Sh- shoddy. Schottenheimer. 
Why do you just have them stand, sitting there and shotgun if you know that's what they're going to do? Because it only would have taken like two series for you to figure out, oh, well, I guess on third and and if it's a non-manageable, so we're talking third and four and longer, right? If they're going to, they're, they're going to bring everybody. So let's call some plays that don't have them just stand there. Roll them out. Throw some play action in there. Do something different. Do something creative. But no, we'll just empty backfield. Russell in there by himself. Here they come. You don't have enough good guys up front to protect him from that type of stuff. You just don't. Got Aaron Donald on the other side. You can't do it. And then he didn't make any adjustments whatsoever. I will give the defensive coaches and Ken Norton Jr., everybody over there, I will give them credit for most of that second half until they just got tired most of that second half they came out of the of halftime with adjustments and they looked better they ended up doing really really well but the offense couldn't do shit because they didn't adjust to anything and they were running the same freaking plays that didn't work and i get it penny was out that sucked but you got to live with that and you got to just let russell go run run pass run run pass Ugh. Drives me insane. Number four, as we talked about before, the shoddy offense is completely different all of a sudden and back to being crazy predictable. Talked about it in Lockett's comments. I think he unintentionally kind of threw his coaches under the bus there. I mean, he's saying, well, yeah, but they prepare for it, so I get guess that's why we're doing it. No, no, no. What he really was saying was all of a sudden we're not, pat- we're not doing the same offense. That's what he said. And almost like we're do- not doing it, and I don't know why. And then you go read that article from Hawk Blogger from Derek and you say, oh, well, holy shit. The numbers aren't lying. Why? What you were doing before was working. Why do we have to change it? Because they're planning for it better. That's the way sports work. Then you just take what you're doing and you do a step more than that. Outdo their planning. Something I don't think those coaches know how to do. And number five, McVay out schemes Carroll. Again, the Rams own the Seahawks under McVay. That's true. I'm sorry. I don't care what if there's even though they won the first game this this year, they almost lost that. There was a missed field goal. And they they should have lost it had that field goal been made. And every game since McVay is coached, the Seahawks look, I mean, even though you look at last season and you think, well, actually, it, you know, those games they had a chance to win. They sure did. In the end, McVay out-schemed Carroll. And I may be the minority about this, but I saw other people on Twitter that were in 100% agreement. McVay just, whether it's because he's a young guy and Carroll's stubborn in his ways and he's a defensive coach, whatever it may be, I'm sorry, but McVay looks, makes Carroll and his coaching staff look dumb every game, win or lose, which makes you, I mean, basically the wins are lucky. Get pissed at me all you want. I don't care. That's what it is. The big thing is, was it a fluke? Was it a reality check? Uh, was it was it an actual blueprint on how to beat the Seahawks? I don't know. This game in Carolina will tell us that, though. The game in Carolina this week will answer all those questions. If you go down to Carolina and you lose to a shitty Carolina team, uh, you don't deserve to go to the playoffs. <laughs> Just, you know, we've talked about how they're, the Seahawks, I 
This team is, has so many exciting moments, and I get it. I'm happy they're ten and three. I'm happy that they're six and one on the road. I'm happy that they're doing so well. But honestly, we if if you don't understand that they are worse than what their ten and three record is, you're not watching the same games I am. It's okay to be worse than your record is. There's teams that are way better than their shitty records. Trust me. It's okay to be worse than what your record is. But eventually the problem with that is it means that you're getting a little bit of luck in there. There's a little bit of luck involved. And all of a sudden that luck runs out or it kept, you know, all of that catches up to you. It did in this game. So we'll see what kind of adjustments they can make um, for Carolina. So with that, <laughs> I was trying to make this a shorter episode. I ranted and raved, but that's what I do because I'm passionate about this stuff. I, I I don't I don't expect perfection, of course. I just want I don't know. I just get really frustrated when I see other teams look and do things in a way that look better and you're thinking, well, this is a Seattle freaking Seahawks. It wasn't too long ago that they were in back to back Super Bowls. So what the hell are they doing? I don't get it. Will they turn it around? I don't know. Let's move on to some NFL news stories. Let's look at an updated uh, playoff picture. Um, or what else? Well, before we do that, what else happened this week? So um, we talked about the New Orleans-San Francisco game. I watched that first. That was like the big deal. That's the game that we all wanted to watch. Um, um, Falcons destroyed the Panthers 40-20. to 20. Um, you got to believe that the actual, uh, that Dan Quinn might actually get to keep his job. I mean, I know they're four and nine, but they've shown, they've shown bright spots. Like they've shown, there's been some hope there that maybe, and I get it. Panthers aren't a great team, just lost their coach, but still I, I'm, I would lean towards maybe he gets to keep his job. So, uh, the other big game was Ravens and bills Ravens come out on top 24 to 17, uh lamar jackson three touchdown passes um they clinched a i think they clinched a spot didn't they uh yep they clinched a playoff berth they were the first one of the day so don't take anything away the bills are still a good team uh but you know the just the ravens they're unbeatable right now they're just they're insane so uh who gives a flying shit about the browns and Bengals? i'm sorry i'm cussing a lot in this i just you know it's one of those days um packers ugly win but they did win they're sitting at 10 and 3 um that not that we talked about the niners and the saints that was a f- amazing game i had to go outside I, the game was going and i'm looking at like what i had to do that day i saw the finished christmas lights in the house so i took my phone i had the game on my phone the actual like the 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 picture like the t like the actual game and so i'm listening to the tv audio while i'm up on a ladder and anytime anything exciting happens i'm like sliding down the ladder and running over to my phone and checking it out and then in the last two minutes um as soon as the saints got the ball then i actually watched it sitting there on my phone um watched all the way to the end watched the niners get you know get the win but uh yeah that was that was pretty funny so and then chiefs went into foxborough and beat the patriots because the patriots suck how about that you want to talk about a team that's worse than their record patriots 10 and 3 they're worse than that yeah so and <laughs> monday night game last night the only thing I only thing about that game that was that I liked was that the Eagles won because of sorry you Cowboys fans but if I want you guys bumped I got to I got to root for the Eagles so um yeah that's 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 what else happened uh so what how does that affect the playoffs 
Um, here we go. As I said, Ravens clinched, and then the Kansas City Chiefs by beating the Patriots um, and winning. So they they get the not only are they in the playoffs, they clinch their division, the AFC West. So, um, but that's the only thing that was, those were the only that was the uh, AFC clinch in the, in the NFC. Uh, Saints have the South Division, and that's it. So there's still a lot of stuff up for, up for grabs. Uh, in the AFC this week, here's what happens. Baltimore can clinch the AFC North with a win. So they just need to win, and they got it. Or a Pittsburgh loss, and the AFC North is theirs. They can get a first-round bye if they win and New England loses, or they win and Kansas City loses. Uh, or if for some crazy reason they tie and Kansas City loses, then they clinch a first round bye, and they can get that for, you know that home field advantage throughout the playoffs of the number one seat. If both Kansas City and New or- uh, New England, sorry, New England loses and Baltimore wins, Ravens have uh, home field advantage throughout the playoffs. This can happen this week in Week 15. The Bills, if they win, they clinch a playoff berth. They're in. Patriots, they win. They're in. So there is some clinching um, stuff that can happen this week for sure. On the NFC side, Packers, they can clinch a playoff berth with a win plus a uh, Rams loss um, or tie. Niners can clinch their playoff berth with a win or Rams loss or Minnesota angry Bay lose. They're they're in. Here's what pisses me off. This is why I just everything was right in front of them. All they had to do to was win, right? To get in the playoffs. Now the Seahawks because of everything that happened in that week and where everything sits, now they can still clinch a playoff berth this week, but they have to win. And then we have to hope the Cowboys beat the Rams, which makes this week for me and who I root for very difficult, very difficult or a win and Minnesota loss. So who's Minnesota playing chargers. So not likely or the Seahawks win green Bay loses, but Minnesota has to tie. So that's not happening. Or the Seahawks tie and the Rams lose. So basically, really what you have to hope for here is either the Rams lose or Minnesota loses. Again, makes me makes it very difficult for who I root for this week. <laughs> so now the Seahawks play at 10. So we'll know. Right? Yeah, they play at 10. So they're in the first slot. So we'll know. <laughs> they better, better win that game. So if they win at 10, then at that point, I guess I'm rooting for the, the Cowboys. Gross. Or I guess I'm rooting for rooting for the Cowboys and the and the Chargers. Blech. I don't like that. So there's still some scenarios. Again, the Seahawks have to win out. This is the crazy thing is this is all can happen. Seahawks have to win out which includes them beating the Niners, which would give them the division and then give them the the number one seed. 
That's the craziest thing ever. But that's how it worked. So what else happened in NFL news? The biggest story is the Patriots cheating again. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, well, okay. So uh, Belichick, of course, denying it. But there was a uh, um, a camera crew that or videographer who was caught taping the Bengals sideline during the game against Cleveland on Sunday. Uh, it raised suspicions around the league and, uh, of course, drew comparisons to Spygate in 2007. Um, I guess what it sounds like is that there's this documentary that's being filmed that's that's part of the Patriots thing, and it's on uh, advanced scouting. And they had this camera crew, and they're following this advanced scout. And according to the Patriots, the ca- one of the camera guys inadvertently during an entire quarter of that game had the camera right at the the Bengals sidelines and but it, but they weren't you know they claimed that they weren't cheating that that wasn't what they were doing if this happened to any other team and then their statement was this is what happened we weren't it was an inadvertent thing blah 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 everyone would be like okay cool but because it's the Patriots, everyone goes, oh, sure. Yeah, whatever you say there, Bill. Okay. It, it, I don't believe it for a second. Except for the only thing that, the only thing that makes me think that maybe that they're, they're telling the truth is why on earth would you need to spy on the Cincinnati Bengals? Why? They're awful. I get the Patriots are kind of struggling and Tom Brady's at the end, but it's the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't you don't need to spy on them just go in there and beat them so nfl's investigating they have a copy of the tape they'll ultimately make the decision um but it's just another weird story when it comes to the patriots and trying to get an edge the thing i mean every team has advanced scouts that's what they do they send advanced scouts to these games they watch the games they make notes they bring them back they're just not allowed to tape anything, which makes perfect sense. That's a that's an advantage. So it's not like this advanced scouting thing is something they're doing wrong. Everybody does that. But it it just it's the Patriots. <laughs> so it, it's just it's big news. I don't I don't know. I don't believe them for a second. I guarantee you they were trying to do something fishy and you know, whatever. But we know that uh, they'll deny it till the end. So, and then lastly, um, we talked about Brett Maher and how he struggled for the Cowboys this season. And so the Cowboys finally had enough and they cut him. So Brett Maher is out. Uh, I, I don't know how to say this guy's name. They signed, I'm going to guess it's Kai Forbath. 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 I guess I could have looked up how to say his name first, but I mean, honestly, maybe I had more confidence. <laughs> But they did sign them. They've been having uh, they've been having tryouts, and and then they finally just pulled the trigger. So uh, he Maher's gone. So Andrew, if you're listening, I know you're happy. I know you're all right with that. So they did make a move. Garrett's still there, but Maher, you're out. You're out, buddy. Okay, with that. Let's go to Dennis from Ohio and get our question of the week. Uh, I can't. I can't begin to imagine how happy he is um, b- with his Niners beating New Orleans. I was giving him a bunch of crap, of course, you know, 
telling him that I hope they lose, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, but at the end, I, I texted him. I said, that was an amazing game. Kittle, that last play from, 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 from Kittle was insane. And then, you know, give him credit. They won. So, uh, let's see what Dennis from Ohio has to say this week. I, we probably get a woo or two, right? Hey guys, what's up? Dennis from Ohio, and yes, as you can tell, my 49ers pulled off the the minor upset of the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans, and they went two and one through the gauntlet, in which many people thought they would go zero and three. And with that, they took over the number one seed and control their own destiny. So Brian, it looks like that Week 17 game could be for all the marbles for the number one seed or the number five seed, which does lead into my question. For this week, I know there was a lot of talk about it last week. Do you think the NFL needs to somehow do reseedings based on records? I know winning the division is always a priority, and I know Brian, your Seahawks team was a seven and nine team that hosted an eleven and five Saints team. But right now, it looks like the Cowboys may finish seven and nine, six and ten. Who knows? And they may host either the 49ers or the Seahawks, who may be thirteen and three but have to travel to Dallas to possibly play. I'm just curious as to your thoughts on what they should do or not do. I know the NFL said they're not going to do anything about it because they place priority on winning the division, but when your division sucks, also, um, I think they should take that into account. Uh, look forward to your answer. As always, great show. Uh, stay buttery smooth. Also, we have, I believe, nine days till hashtag my friends. Hashtag Baby Yoda is awesome. Uh, the Star Wars comes out. I know I already have my tickets, and I know you do as well. So looking forward to that. Hope you have a good night. One more thing. Woo! Go Niners. Yeah, like I thought, he's he's very excited. That first woo was a big one. Got to get him uh, used to how to close out. <laughs> Dennis, thanks for your question or your topic as always, buddy. Uh, sincerely, that's the word I was looking for. Sincerely appreciate it. It's a great question too, and it's a great topic because it is coming up a lot. Uh, it's 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 tough because, like you said, the Seahawks, my team, got in the playoffs at seven and nine, and then ended up hosting the Saints and and beat them uh, in one of the craziest games that we've seen. Uh, that was the game for that was Beastquake. Uh, but even with that, I, I'm on the side of, I think that there should be some sort of reseeding. I mean, I've heard, I've heard all sorts of theories that they should, um, you know, get rid of the divisions and do more like what the NBA does and have two giant divisions in each conference. And, and then you take, you know, the top teams out of those basically like the top eight, right? Um, so I've heard that. I don't, I don't necessarily want to do that. I, I like having the divisions. I like knowing, you know, they're the NFC West champions, you know? Um, but on the other side of that, if you win your division and you have a worse record than the team that is technically seated to come play you, that's not right. It should be the team with the better record host the game. So I'm more of a let's go ahead and leave the divisions the way they are. But if you win your division at seven and nine, 
um, we recede from there basically. And you basically say, all right, well, um, so what that does is base, it, it kind of takes away the incentive to win your division, but at the same time, you're just trying to get in the playoffs because there's wild card teams that have won Super Bowls. There's, you know, it, 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 it's not like getting in the, you know, the playoffs is still not your main goal. It's just winning the division is, you know, extra. It's an extra bragging rights, I guess. But I would take it and then reseed it so that your best record is your one and your two and all the way down. And then, you know, those those top two, just like they do now, get the bye week. And then uh, you play a wild card weekend. And if a division team happens to have a worse record than one of the wild cards then that wild card team it's not their fault that they played in a really good division and you know they had a really good record they should get rewarded for being having the better record so because yeah i mean you 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 look at it now and you're going to end up the nfc east is going to be like a seven and nine eagles or seven and nine cowboys or eight and eight and they're going to host a playoff game and a playoff game that you want, you could go down and lose either one of those, our teams, Seahawks or Niners could go down and lose just because why not? Um, it doesn't mean that they would win them if they were home, but that certainly they get a, they should get that advantage being that they have a better record. The, if the NFC East stinks, they should, you know, the winner of that division should play better and they shouldn't get rewarded for being a worst team. One of the worst teams in the, in the league. Just because they happen to be, uh, you know, up there, and 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 at that point, yeah, you could basically get rid of the divisions, and you could just see based on record. But I don't want to go that far. I like the I like the divisions. That's just me. Um, so that that's what I would do. I would keep the divisions, and then I would reseed before the playoffs start, or just you know you could keep track of it as the playoffs go. So you're fighting. You're still fighting for that one and two. Basically, what it makes you do is it makes you fight for the best record, and then the best record versus the other teams in the brackets, right? That's what it makes you fight for. And I'm fine with that. So, okay, real quick, week 15 preview. Um, Rams heading to Dallas to play the Cowboys. Again, tricky game for me. I hate rooting for the Cowboys. Couldn't it be in that I root for the Cowboys in this game based on what happens in the Seahawks game? Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, obviously I, it, Really and honestly, because Rams are the division rival and I need them to lose, no matter what, I'm rooting for Dallas, which is ugh. So what does Dallas need to do? Well, Dallas better get their act together or they're going to get their ass kicked. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. If the Rams team goes down there and plays like they did against Seattle, they will destroy the Cowboys. That's just I've seen nothing from Dallas that tells me that that's not what will happen unfortunately i sure wish i was wrong on that i hope to be wrong on that so um i don't know you have to the the cowboys what they got to do they got to improve on everything they have to go back to being good offensively being crazy good on defense like they've got to go back to being a better team because the rams the way they're playing right now in two straight games yikes seahawks uh, they're going to Carolina to play the Panthers. Cam Newton's out. Uh, Allen's the quarterback. Uh, 
interim coach. I mean, they're, it's not a gimme game, guys. It's not. It, you're talking about a, a a team that's bragging rights for them to be a team that's that would that knocks off the Seahawks is a big deal. So you bet your ass they're going to come into that game ready to go and try to do some unique, crazy stuff. And the Seahawks, they just got to put that shitty ass Ram game behind them. They got to forget about it. Take advantage of a wounded Carolina team, and uh, and just don't play down to the competition. Go in there. Be aggressive offensively. Get back to getting pressure from your guys. Hope that Ziggy comes back. If not, your other guys got to get in there and make some shit happen. God, I'm cussing a lot today. I really do apologize. It's it's our show. I I don't care. Um, They make make and make mistakes. Get the turnovers. Do everything that we say every single week that they have to do to win. But they can't let the the ghosts of that game they just played haunt them. They just got to forget about it, move on. The focus is on Carolina, and they better hashtag play to win the damn game. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Um, yeah, no choice now. They have they they have to win out. I mean, there's obviously plenty of scenarios where they don't have to to still get in. But if they want the division and they want to buy, they got to win out. They have no choice. They've stuck themselves in this corner, and now they have no choice so uh the one bummer when we talk about like injuries that change the game a little bit losing um we didn't i haven't talked about it yet but losing penny for the season uh you want to talk about a just awful news (laughs) as soon as he went down i mean we were on the verge of finally seeing rashad penny like the the guy the running back we've been waiting to see forever we finally had seen it the last two games and we were thinking man we're going to get this nice tandem of Carson and Penny, and this is going to be great. And and even on the play that he went down on, that's the kind of play that we've talked about wanting to see, using him in the passing game. And, and, and it just – there's not a lot of injuries. Like Earl Thomas breaking his leg. Like there's a lot of injuries that hit you harder. This one for me, it hit me a little harder because I, I, I wanted I, – I've been on the bandwagon of Penny was a mistake. Why did they draft him? And then as soon as he started doing well, I'm like, that's why they, like, I get it now. And yes. And then he's out. He's gone. Done for the year. And what irritates me now is now that gives those coaches an excuse to try and shove ProSize down our throats again when he's not any good. You got Travis Homer. You got that. I mean, use him, please. Don't, don't all of a sudden go, well, here's our finally excuse. We can use ProSize. Procise is a bum. He had that like two or three games where he was unbelievable and he has not done anything since. Even when he's healthy, he's either inactive or they bring they keep him active and he has like one or two plays. He does nothing. He's not any good. I don't understand what their fascination with him is. And now they're going to shove him down our throats. Just watch. That's what will happen. And that's not the way you're going to win this game. You got to do. You got to be smart about who you use. You got to. You got to let Russell cook. You got to let him throw the ball. You got to be more aggressive on first and second down, so you don't put yourself in third down situations where your offensive line can struggle and get him on the ground or let him get on the ground. So, you do all that, and you can destroy this team. But you know what? It's the Seattle Seahawks, so they won't do that to us. They won't go out there and blow them out. That's too easy. Why would they do that? Okay. 
I just get all worked up and now I'm losing my voice. <laughs> so, um, and other games to watch this week before we move on to game picks. Week 15, what else we got? Um, <laughs> Jets Ravens is a Thursday night game. That actually won't be a terrible game. All depends on what Jets team you get, but Darnold, you know, he's not, he's not awful. But again, the Ravens are just, they're just unbeatable. They're a 14 and a half point favorite. They're just unbeatable, and that's at Baltimore, so good luck with that. Everyone will be talking about Patriots and Bengals because the Patriots just spied on the Bengals to get an edge on their monstrosity that is the 1-12 Cincinnati Bengals. Good grief. I will not watch that game. Don't care. Uh, this one, though, uh, I'll be watching the Seahawks, of course, but Da Bears and the Packers – uh, there's been a lot of controversy going around uh, criticism basically on Aaron Rodgers that um, he's not as good as we, as everyone always said he was, which I've always been a believer. I think I, I like Aaron Rodgers. I think that he has a talented arm and he's a damn good quarterback and I would still stick him in the elite category, but I don't know that he's the best quarterback in the game. I, I don't, I would never put him up there. Um, again, 10 and 3, another team that's 10 and 3 but isn't as good as that record is. Bears have been all of a sudden resurgent. They're coming back. Packers Bears are always that's always a good matchup. So, 8 and 5 Texas, 8 and 5 Titans. Yeah, that might be all right. Um well, let's see what else we got. You be paying attention to the Eagles and Redskins. If you're a Cowboys fan, you'll absolutely be paying attention to that game. You of course want the Eagles to lose. Um and and yeah, uh what else we got going on here is there anything else rams cowboys of course and then i'll be paying attention to the vikings chargers game just because i need the vikings to lose um niners falcons now normally you'd look at that game and you'd go all right well the falcons are four and nine got the 11 and two niners who cares niners are 11 point favorite who cares i would love the niners to lose so if I'm Pete Carroll, I'm calling up my old buddy Dan Quinn, and I'm like, hey, Quinn, do me a favor. Kick their ass, would you? Wouldn't that be something? If that's the game they lose, I'd be okay with that. Um, And that's really, I mean, Monday night, Saints, Colts, bleh. Okay, speaking of which, let's jump in. I guess I could have talked about those as i picked them that would make more sense maybe next week that's all i'll do i'm just trying new things and uh trying to make these things interesting you know what i mean so let's jump into my fantasy app of course we're still doing pigskin pick them um if you weren't able to uh get in on that this season next season we'll do it again i'm sure dennis from ohio will end up winning um but let's go right into it uh jets ravens <laughs> uh ravens uh bears packers i'm actually gonna i'm gonna go bears da bears are gonna go into lambo and win patriots Bengals. gotta be so funny if the Bengals won that game they're not going to it'll be the patriots but man it'd be funny broncos chiefs broncos might have found their quarterback that lock kid might have finally found him but uh pat mahomes will win that game with the chiefs buccaneers and lions um ugh, i guess I don't know. Lions because they're at home. But I really I have no idea. Um, let's see. Texans, Titans. 
Texans have been sliding lately, that's for sure. Uh, but, oh, man. Yeah, I'll go Texans on that. Dolphins, Giants. Eli will get to start again, I'm sure, because I think Jones is out for a while. Um, let's let Eli get a win. Why not? Eagles, Redskins. Man, I'd love the Eagles to win, but they're they're and they're going to. Ha <laughs> Redskins are stupid. Uh, Seahawks, Panthers. I'll pick that in a little bit. Browns, Cardinals. Ooh, Browns are a mess. I don't care that they're six and seven. Cardinals are going to stomp them. Jaguars and Raiders. That'll be the Oakland Raiders. Vikings, Chargers. Oh, because I want the Vikings to lose. I'm going to pick the Chargers. Falcons, Niners. Hey, Dennis. I'm going Falcons. <laughs> I'm crazy. Why not? Rams, Cowboys. I'm. I'm. The Cowboys are going to get it together. That's what's going to happen right there. Uh, no, they're not. Rams are going to win that game. Sorry. I don't know what I'm thinking. As I, here's the thing. I'm going to root for the Cowboys. Okay? I'm going to root for the Cowboys. I promise. But, but the Rams are going to win. Uh, Bills and Steelers. Uh, Steelers. That's the story of the year right there. Still that team. Colts, Saints. That's easy. That's Saints. Um, and there you go. That's week 15. Before I pick my Seahawks game. Oh, hold on. That was week 15. Winning. Oh, there we go. Uh, all right. Before I pick my Seahawks game and get the hell out of here, let's go real quick like I do every single week and ask for you to, to uh, help us out. Help us grow. If you're an Apple Podcast listener, First of all, if you're listening across any platform, thank you so much. I don't any platform you listen to is fine with me. Um, however, if you are an Apple Podcast listener, uh, we would certainly appreciate a review. And um, you can just takes two seconds while you're listening to pick as many stars as you want and type out something short and sweet. Uh, we love you guys. You're the best. Uh, please bring Andrew back. Brian sucks. Uh, whatever you want to put, I totally understand. Uh, I don't care if it's positive or negative, just want to review. So thanks for helping us grow. I, our entire fan base, I can't thank you enough for sticking with this show, even though I'm missing my other half. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, I'm very humbled. Um, very, um, well, sincerely, uh, I just want to sincerely thank everybody because it's been, it's, it's been great. So, um, also real quick, I did it last week, but I want to do it again. Quick review of our social media. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter. We're at common ground FPP. Andrew is at Andrew Guzman, CGP. I'm at Wenanchi Seattle sports fan, W N W E N S E A sports fan. If you don't follow me and you want to see me be, if you think I'm crazy about my Seahawks, uh, on this podcast, you should see my tweets during a game. Um, you can go back and look, I don't delete them. So you can go back and look at everything I said. I just go nuts. And I, and I sound like an idiot sometimes and I get trashed by other people, but that's fine. Uh, it's, I'm in this to have fun, whatever. Um, Facebook, facebook.com slash common ground football podcast. You can always find the podcast and information on the website, which is common ground football podcast.com. Uh, and we're also on Instagram at common ground FBP. Don't forget, um, aside from Apple podcasts, you can get us almost on any other podcast platform, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, Google play, tune in, um, you name it you can find us. Uh, we're out there. Uh, and again, thank you so much for, for helping us out and, uh, and being fans, being listeners. Okay. Last but not least winning one more time winning catch my breath, man. 
I want to be the uh, the asshole Seahawks fan, the non-homer that is so pissed off at how they played in Los Angeles that I I actually have it written down. I can take a picture. I have it written down Carolina seventeen to three, and then I put underneath it, shoot me. <laughs> uh, I was so mad when I like I went through the whole thing and did notes for this podcast, and then and I was like, yeah, this is ridiculous. They're going to go down there and they're going to look dumb. They're going to lose, make it harder on themselves. And because honestly, guys, there is on there is a pathway where they don't make the playoffs at all, and they're ten and three right now. How about them apples? However, as much as I want to be the negative Nancy and say, well, they're going to go down there and shit the bed. It is the Carolina Panthers. They are five and eight. Seahawks are a five and a half point favorite. You got to imagine that Russell Wilson wakes up. Tyler Lockett wakes up. Everyone steps up. They are embarrassed by that game that just happened. A lot of them said it was eye-opening. They needed that game. Knocks them off their high horse. So let's flip that around. And let's say Seattle wins that game. 17-3. Not high scoring. But they win 17-3. That is... Winning! Oh, yeah. Thanks. uh, Winning. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. I sincerely appreciate it. We'll be back next week. Uh, I haven't figured out the Christmas schedule yet, but I will. And, uh, it'll come out on a different day or something. I don't know. Christmas is on like a Tuesday this year. It's all weird. So anyway, uh, until next week, go Hawks. Hawks.